Welcome to Thriller Bitcoin. Welcome to Thriller Bitcoin. coming in today paul thanks for having me did i ever tell you this um i think i did i always tell you this stuff you you have a way of calming me down um really yeah just like being in your uh in your company like when it's just like me and you together or we're just like in a room or something or we're talking just me and you i feel like much more calmer than I, I do that. with like any other person. <laughs> but like, if it's like me, you, Tony, and like somebody else, then it's, that doesn't happen. Tony just ruins everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but when it's just like me and you, I, I just feel like really calm and at peace. That's I don't know. So why, I don't know why. Why, why do you think that is? Um, well, that's a very nice compliment. Um, I believe I'm a pretty good listener. Um, in the sense that when I'm listening to somebody, usually I'm putting myself in their shoes. And so I definitely have experiences where people talk to me and feel really comfortable talking to me. And like, they all all of a sudden kind of start sharing uh, about their life or like some of their backstory, like how they got here or why they ended up in this situation, whatever. Um, And I think it's, I think, I think it's because I'm a, I don't know that I'm like, it's not like I have a lot to like share with them necessarily. It's just the act of uh, somehow conveying to them that I'm hearing them, I think is yeah. the kind of the pattern that I'm think I'm seeing. Yeah. And it kind of goes into what you've been writing about. And it, one of the reasons you, you came in, came in today, cause we want to talk about trust is a scaling solution and it's a collection of essays on trust, but this is a, this is a conversation that we've had at Bitcoin Park, I think last year, uh, I forget for what event we were attending, but um, 
And I think we were just in the Citadel dispatch, like uh, recording room. And I was like getting set up for RHR that day. And then we were just like talking about something. And then it was about this kind of, kind of thing. And I remember you were telling me and I was like, dude, I've never heard anybody express this like this before. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, um, I've been thinking about this. I forget exactly when we, I do remember very specifically talking to you about this in, in Bitcoin park and how it was such a good conversation. I, I started thinking about this in, uh, in Miami last year in, mm. uh, Bitcoin 2020, whatever year that was. 22. <laughs> I'm, I'm struggling with which year we're on. And, uh, yeah, the, the, like the origin was, um, uh, uh, Obi from, uh, now Fetty and Eric Sirion was talking about Fediment and they were talking about these sort of trust trade-offs that are involved. And the, the phrase just popped into my head of trust is a scaling solution. And I think scaling solution is something that kind of makes a lot of sense to Bitcoiners. Like we understand that like we have 10 minute blocks we're not going to buy our coffee with on-chain transactions, probably. You know, that's that's not what what it's going to be. Um, and so we we have these layer two solutions. Uh, obviously, the most popular one, and the one that seems like it's 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 going to work for for most of what we need is is Lightning. Right. And then Fedi is a is a, or Fediment is another uh, very interesting layer two solution that uh, has a trust aspect where you're trusting this federation. So you're not trusting that everybody in this federation will be good to you, but you'll trust that the majority will. And as long as that majority, whatever that ratio they've set, set up their federation as, as long as the, the majority doesn't screw you, you're good. Mm -hmm. And, but, but there is a trust aspect. And so I think it's, it, it was very interesting to me that uh, trust is a, um, it's kind of a, it's kind of a bad word in Bitcoin. Um, you know, I don't want to throw these guys under the bus cause I love them to pieces, but uh, yeah. like Matt and Marty were talking about, uh, op vault, on RHR the other day. And they both were saying like, Hey, don't trust me, you know? Um, and, and, and I think that's appropriate in certain scenarios. Like if I don't understand something well enough to give you a recommendation, I'm going to say, Hey, don't trust me on this. Like, I, I don't know. But at the same time, I, I actually really do trust both of them in, in a lot of, uh, a lot of different ways. And I think, you know, I think there's just some really practical ways that it's kind of obvious that trust is the scaling solution. Like, uh, you know, for instance, like if, if you loaned me 20 bucks, you know, uh, we, we probably wouldn't like write that to the blockchain right then or something like that, you know? We just like, hey, we're going to kind of trade on our balance of trust and you're just going to like one, either assume I'll pay you back or uh, that you can handle the the financial hit if I don't pay you back. You know, the, we're just going to use trust to kind of kind of scale this 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 monetary system. Um, and so, yeah, and that just kind of spiraled into a ton of different thoughts. And I started writing about it. And I, the, my problem is I never, I didn't, I, I don't feel like I have a, like, uh, Bitcoiners have a shortcoming in their thoughts on trust. Here's the answer. You know, I don't have an answer on trust. I just ended up with a bunch of different meditations on trust and a bunch of different angles. So I've published right now, there's like 31 
many, many essays on, on trust as a scaling solution.com. And I, I, I have a lot more to learn about it. I think there's a lot more that I hope to discover about the concept, but I, 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 I'm pretty confident that Bitcoiners becoming excellent in trust is very similar to like how, you know, we don't think Bitcoin is all by itself is, is enough. Um, you know, we also want to like improve our food supply, you know, like we, we have lots of other ideas of how we want to improve our lives. And I think one of those metrics is, is, uh, learning who to trust, uh, who is trustworthy, how to trust, how to build trust, how to be trustworthy. I think all of those metrics are, are going to be super important for, I just, obviously for anybody, but, you know, especially I think in the Bitcoin space is actually really important. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating you bring up the Matt Marty thing because, and it's something that they I don't know if they brought it up or, or I've heard it from before was the proof of work part to mm. an individual right it's like, you know I, I trust you because your proof of work and what we've been through together and and like the amount of people that also trust you so it's like this whole kind of like web of trust of a sort mm-hmm. but it, it also comes with like. Like you said, like, would, would I trust you for $20? I, of course, I would trust you to give you $20 and pay you back, vice versa. But like, would I trust to give you a million dollars or, or like a million, you know, five Bitcoin? And like, right. well, Paul gives back five Bitcoin. I don't know. Like, right. or, but it, it, like, it gets you down to like, like that scale of mm. like, oh, okay, maybe this, this, this amount of trust is there for these certain things, but maybe not for something like handing over five Bitcoin and expecting to get back. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's a really good, one of these angles to dig into this from is, is this like this kind of marginal aspect. Like there's this, this idea in economics, like the, it's called the marginal revolution, like that we make decisions on what we value, uh, not based on some objective principle of what they're valuable. Like, so the, the classic example is water versus diamonds, right? Like, water is objectively more valuable to humans than diamonds are, you know? So why, why is an ounce of diamond so much more expensive than an ounce of water? And, and the answer turns out that like, once you have enough water, the marginal return on more water isn't really that valuable. Whereas Mm -hmm. there's a, a better marginal return on diamonds in most scenarios. But if you're dying of thirst in the desert, you'll trade all your diamonds for water, you know? Uh, That's interesting. Yeah. And so I think there's something similar. I I don't think I quite landed the analogy in in the piece on it, but I think there's something similar with trust of it's um, and, and, you know, the, the classic phrase for, for trust in Bitcoin is, is, um, well, don't trust verify. And then uh, trusted third parties are security holes. And there's a great, um, there's a great piece that, that people uh, refer to um, uh, by Nick, Nick Zabo. And uh, it's the, he even has this, this uh, like the, he puts this nuance in here um, where you're, oh, let's see, where is this? Where is this? Let's see, I, I can't even read my own stuff, but uh, um a corollary of trusted third parties or security holes is all security protocols have security holes since no protocol is fully free of such assumptions. So that's one little bit of nuance there, right? Like we're saying trusted third parties are security holes, but like 
we're, we're, there's, we're, there's always going to be some amount of trust. And so really what you're, you're one way to think about trust is, is because um, I think of trust as very, uh, it's an active, it's like trust is not me thinking I would give you $20. It's the actual act of giving you $20, right? It's, it's what's the, a, what's the difference there then? Like what's the difference between those two? Well, it's actually very similar to the concept of faith, right? Okay. Um, the, my, one of my favorite analogies about faith is, is this idea of uh, uh, you're at, you're at Niagara Falls. I've heard the sermon illustration, like almost verbatim, like really? multiple different pastors. So like it, it, it's the one that, that comes to mind. You're at Niagara Falls and you're watching this guy on a tightrope tight and he walks back and forth just effortlessly. And he's like juggling and, and it's no problem. And then he like picks somebody up and puts them on his back and he walks them across Niagara Falls. And is like, so you see that guy, right? And, and, and so like, I turn, let's say I turn to you and I say, car, do you, do you think that guy can carry someone across the tightrope on his back? And you're like, yeah, I just saw him do it. Yeah. I believe he can do it. Yeah. And then faith would be car. Will you get on his back? Oh, whoa. Right. Okay, yeah. Right. And yeah. so trust there's, I think that's the distinction with trust where it's like, the, the, it's a willingness to actually risk. It's not just a belief that it, a, a risk would be well-placed, but it's a willingness to actually like put to, to risk loss to somebody. Gosh. Yeah. That's a big difference. And so that's why that margin matters so much. Like you might trust me, uh, with twenty dollars, because you can handle the risk of losing twenty dollars, but you you maybe can't handle the risk of losing five bitcoin, yeah. right? And you might trust you, you. You could say all the superlatives you want about how much you trust me, but and not the fact that you won't give me five bitcoin doesn't mean you won't trust you don't trust me. It just means you don't trust me that much, right? Gosh. Dang, what does that say about us as far as like how we evolved as like humans and like where we are in society. Do you think, do you think money distorts things or is, is, is what we're talking about right now? Is that a bad analogy? Should we, should it be like, I will give you uh, my limb so you can, uh, you know, attach it to, to yourself if you're missing a limb, but you know, you couldn't have like my heart. Right. Or right. Like, yeah. I, I wonder if, I wonder if, I wonder if this kind of scales across other circumstances. Um, yeah, that's an interesting thing. I do think with money, we tend to create abstractions that turn trust into like more quantifiable risk. I I, I, have, I don't know. If, I, this is another one. I don't know if it landed, but uh, 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 the example I use in a piece is, is you know, banks. There's like a, I can hand you a pen because I trust you. You're going to give me the pen back. Or if you don't give me the pen back, Hey, I'm out of pen and I'll, I'll, I'll live. Right. You know, and maybe next time I will give you a pen or I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll watch you closer or something. Yeah. Um, if you go to a bank, the pens on a chain. So they don't really trust oh, you. Yeah, you're right. You know, they always are they've chain. sort of, they've quant and like, I looked into it. Like the, 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 the pin on a chain was an invention, like originally marketed at banks. And so, you know, a, a bank, it doesn't really trust you that you're going to pay back in, in, in some sense. I, or I think there's probably some nuance there. Like it's more like a quantifiable risk. Like they can ensure it, 
you know, or they're like, they're looking at a pool of various people and like, I can loan all of these people a hundred thousand dollars to, to buy something. And I'm assuming 70% of them will pay me back and they'll pay me enough interest. And the fact that I'm printing money when I do the loan anyways, yeah, I'm okay with losing. So it's, I think that's very different than trust in the sense that you're not really putting yourself at risk of harm. Um, which I think is more what interpersonal trust is, but yeah, I think there's, there's obviously a lot of other metrics of, of trust. Um, I'm trying to think like, I think one, one way, I mean, you, you, um, like if you're married and you go to work and your wife is at home with the kids, right. Mm -hmm. You trust her to, to take care of the kids, right. You, you are, in some sense, risking the livelihood of your ki your kids, yeah. right? Like, um, but that's an autom like not automatic, but that is a a pretty essential aspect of life is that you are end up in these you know highly trusted relationships where you put something that you really couldn't ever you you, you don't want to even imagine the loss of right. Um, but you, that's just, that's just part of life is that you, you yeah. do trust things that, that, uh, trust people. Yeah. yeah. The other, the it's other really interesting. Cause like it's it, interesting you say something like that. Cause we do do that to our parents, to our brothers, to our sisters, to our close friends, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, and sometimes it, it's to our own detriment sometimes. And sometimes we feel like we're, um, that we're codependent on them, right? Mm. In some situations, like in some relationships, um, and in 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 that situation, I wonder if I wonder if trust is is the right word with that, or is or is it more of a uh, reliability of, of of individuals in your life, right? Like, well, what do you mean? I think I'm thinking what I'm trying to say is like you know when you're born and you're and you're like a kid, right? Mm -hmm. And you have your mom and like you trust, you trust your mom that she's going to tell you everything's right. Like you, she's going to feed you, bathe you, clothe you. Uh, and you don't even question it. Like right. it never even becomes a question. Right. I, I, I'm trying, I'm trying to say is like, does that, is that on the scale in, in, in this, uh, related to what we're talking about today? Is, is that on the scale or, or is that something yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's absolutely, I mean, that's reliance, right? The, yeah. And, and there's a risk of betrayal there um and but it's also you know perfectly healthy and normal for for a kid to be dependent and and to, to be trusting their parent and to be reliant on their parent um the uh, i've been trying to come up with like a good version of what like what is what does it mean for like fiat trust right what's the bad version of trust i think part of it and it really relates to parents like the the because i said so Oh, Which yeah. obviously like a parent is just going to re re reach some like level of frustration at some point. But when you are asking someone to trust you without being willing to, to put in the work to, to build that trust, you're asking for just like a kind of a trust by decree. And so the government obviously asks for that a lot. And if you think about it in those terms, like, like, I think there is, and I, I didn't get into this at all. So this is a good like line of questioning. There's this, there's a desire to 
relinquish the the work right of of verification and good judgment and just say you know what i'm just going to trust that they know what they're doing right yeah, i'm gonna yeah. i'm just gonna trust that they're right I, I you know like think of like think of like gaslighting right that's like a classic form of abuse where you want to believe you'd prefer to believe that this person who is actually harming you and lying to you, 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 you prefer to believe that they actually have your, their, your best interests in mind because it just sucks to finally admit that they don't yeah. and how much, what a sunk cost, you know? Um, and so a lot of relationships continue that shouldn't because, because you don't want to let go of, of trusting that person. Yeah. That's a real thing, dude. Uh, like even in business too, it's, it's a real thing that, that not wanting to face the actual truth that everybody else sees, but you it's a, uh, yeah. But when it comes to pass, it's kind of hard to ever go back to that. Right. Once you kind of get the, it's the wool that's, the, that's <coughs> covered over you. Uh, once it's pulled off, it's, it's kind of hard to ever not yeah. see that. Yeah. Um, Jordan Peterson talks about this a bit of, um, it's inevitable that we'll have broken trust in a relationship. Somebody will betray you somehow. And there, and you basically, you can kind of, you go through life being naive um, or you can be cynical. Oh, he gives you those two. Does he say those two? There's no middle. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think, shoot, I should know better. Cause I, I, I watched this thing, but um, I try to take some notes. The, the, the middle way, I don't know if it's a middle way. I, the, the way I think of it is like, if you search for trust in the Bible, just like look for the word trust, which obviously I did because I'm writing about this. Um, it always just says, don't trust men, trust God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think uh, as a Christian, there is this ability to say like, Hey, I am not, ultimately trusting yeah anybody yeah exactly this is what we were talking about in nashville was this very thing right here is that Mm. when you say that you trust me or you trust somebody else with you're actually putting that trust in god right right and so so um you know like the jesus has stuff like turn the other cheek right Mm -hmm. you know like or somebody forget exactly what is like somebody takes your 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 walking stick, give him your coat too, or what, whatever it is, you know, like, so it's like, not only when you are betrayed, do you not like um, lash out or become completely cynical, but you're, you're, what a Christian has is this, this uh, abundance that like, there's no margin uh, or maybe there's ultimate margin. I, I forget. I'm bad at this analogy, but there, there's no, you can't actually harm me. Right. Like what, like the, the Christian thing is like death, where is your victory grave or grave? Where is your victory? Death? Where is your sting? Like you could kill me and yeah, you betrayed my trust, but, but so like you, you haven't, you haven't ultimately harmed me in, in a, in a way that is, you know, in some sense irreparable to me, I haven't lost. And um, so, and I think that's actually a, a big, to, you know, going back to when trust is betrayed, the, opportunity to rebuild typically is 
and I've tried to read up on this and I think it's still a little unclear. There's like some, um, like my pastor gave me this whole um, discussion on the topic of like infidelity in marriage, for instance, right? So like you have two Christians, one, one spouse cheats, you know, um, but still Christian wants to repair things. You know, how do you go about that? How do you rebuild that trust? There is, uh, so that's kind of the, the there's uh, one obvious reaction is, okay, I'm, I trust you. I'm going to watch you like a hawk, right? <laughs> Which is, I mean, totally valid, right? Like yeah. you probably should, you know, pay attention. <laughs> um, but that's not really going to yeah. rebuild the trust. So what you have to do is sort of dollar cost average. Like a, you have to extend a little bit of unearned trust. You have to put a little faith. And I think, I think, you know, rebuilding trust, you know, it's it definitely, it's like a definitely bi-directional. So, but, but, but you have to extend a little bit of an opportunity for that person to prove themselves trustworthy. And if they do prove themselves trustworthy in that small thing, you can extend them a little bit more. And so it is possible to, to rebuild trust. And I think Christians have a great advantage uh, because they, in some sense, have uh, less to lose or, or, um, or they, they are in some sense less, less, it's not the right term, like less easy to be harmed somehow. Yeah. It, it's interesting. We have, we have grace to spare. Yeah, exactly. Saying. Yeah. It, like my ex-wife. Uh, yeah. There was a lot of, uh, of stuff back and forth and we don't have to go in that today, but you do lose that trust with that person. Right. But mm. I think now these days, like I've given her a little bit of trust and like now we're like friends, mm. right. Where we can actually like talk and not like have like full on, you know, arguments or even like bring up the past at all. But I, I think you're right. It, it, you have to be willing, like for me as a Christian, I had to, I had to be willing uh, on my side to at least extend that olive branch to her and say like, Hey, we should, we should be able to, you know, talk at least about these things. Mm. And like, and I think having, having at least doing that makes things easier all the way across, just like with everything. And then you come to learn that like, yeah, man, you can, you can hurt one another. You can betray one another and all these things. But at the end of the day, it's still good to like show these people grace. Right. And mm. like, and it's just good for peace of mind. Mm. Like, right. Yeah. Like you, there are some people that I know that like literally will hold on to like, um, you know, being scorned or, or feeling like they, like somebody got the best of them or, or whatever it was. And it's, it's, it's always so sad because it, it's like those people just don't know how to forgive. Like they don't know how to just like let go and, 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 and let it, let it be. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think for Christians, um, and I can speak on this. I feel like for me, I've, I've always been one of those people that I will always extend the, the first apology if, if one is needed and mm. try to make things right. Yeah. Because I think it's, it's just better for peace of mind at the end of the day. Like it doesn't cost you to apologize or, you know, yeah, we're, and we're called to be peacemakers. I mean, bringing it back to Bitcoin a bit, I think it's interesting. Again, you know, this Obvault situation, right? So there's a new new soft fork proposal, and that is naturally uh, bringing up all the uh, unresolved drama around the last soft fork with Taproot. 
Um, and we just, ha- we have these inscriptions okay, coming yeah. up. Yeah. So, so tell me about that. Cause that's uh, that's a whole, but just for people, just to get them up to speed on what's going on. Inscriptions were introduced because of Taproot or yeah, it was just yeah. a, Inscri- if somebody. Yeah. Inscriptions technically would have been possible. Um, it, it was just, it would have been a different format. Um, so SegWit had some original SegWit added this like witness data aspect to Bitcoin transactions. And so you could put amount of data into that witness, uh, uh, that witness data, uh, but it had a cap. It was like eight, 80, 80 K or something like that. Um, and Taproot removed that cap, uh, which just, you know, Taproot had a lot of, a lot of changes. It didn't remove it. it you know, SegWit, the original SegWit transactions still have that limitation, but you know, Taproot is a original SegWit is SegWit V0 and Taproot SegWit, SegWit V1. And so if you are doing a taproot transaction, you only have to follow taproot's rules. And so it doesn't have a cap. So you can put as much data in the witness as will fit in a block. So now, now we're talking about four, four megers as the, wow. <laughs> as the inscription people, people talk about it. And um, that's just one of those things. It's just, it, it's, you know, kind of was under the radar is very surprising to people as an implication of, of, you know, there was a lot of changes being made for, for taproot. Um, and taproot is going to get us, you know, I think so many valuable things and there's so much innovation happening based on it. And so I'm really happy we have taproot. Um, but, uh, people who feel like they trusted the devs, mm-hmm. uh, and, also hate four meg blocks or four, four meg uh, JPEGs on the blockchain uh, feel like um, they were in some sense betrayed or let down by the devs. Like why didn't the devs scream from the rooftops about four, you know, these four megas incoming, right? If that mm-hmm. was the implication, I think it was surprising to a lot of people. And I think it's really interesting. I mean, very few of us, myself included are, uh, uh, technically adept enough to personally verify a soft fork and to understand all the implications. So while we are, we are working on a, a system that has the least requirement of trust that we can possibly imagine. And I think that's exactly appropriate for, for a, a money, you know, you, 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 it's, it's a kind of a base layer for, for the economy in a lot of ways. Right. Um, uh, w- there's still a lot of trust involved, especially for someone who is not a C plus plus and cryptography expert, you know, to, to, you need to find what influencer or dev or, or uh, rabble rouser, who are you going to trust, um, uh, to tell you, you know, which, which way to go, because in some sense, you know, it's not a democracy, but in some sense, Soft forks, kind of, to my understanding, and and it's still it's it's a little fuzzy, and it kind of changes every time because there's drama every time there is a soft fork. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a hey, if it's if it's basically unanimous, then we'll do the soft fork. If there's a strong enough uh, even minority that doesn't like it, then we might not. Um, and so you know we haven't had a soft fork since Taproot uh, because there hasn't been obvious unanimity on any given soft fork. And I, there does seem to be a lot of people who like Op Vault, but um, we need uh, it, it needs to be 
it needs to be a very strong majority. Um, and it, uh, it might not be the right time for it. It sounds like, cause of what we saw with inscriptions, you think? Well, I, I don't know. I think it's good to, it's good to talk it out. It's good to, it's good to figure it out and, and to figure out, yeah, who, who, who are we going to delegate some amount of trust to for, for the soft work? Um, if, if we are, I mean, I'm, I'm rooting for it. I, I want to live in a world where we are able to, to find enough in common that we can make small improvements to the system. Um, we don't yeah. absolutely have to have it. And so I won't be crushed if we don't get it, but uh, I think it would be really good. Yeah. I think for me, like, I don't, I don't know enough of this stuff as yeah. it is. So I'm, I'm like looking to you guys. Yeah. Who are you going to trust? I'm, I'm like, I'm looking around to my friends who are all the devs. Yeah. Right? And what heuristics do you use? I, how do you I, pick? How I, do you pick? I will go to you, Nifty, <laughs> Tony, and like, to okay. like I and, go to and, all y'all super. Like I go to everybody and I like, and then I gather what I can gather from y'all. And then I try to come up with what I think is the best solution based on all these different opinions. And yeah. How are you picking who you trust? So you, you listed off some people like, well, what, what, what are some of the reasons that you chose those people? Uh, because they usually have been right in the past right. <laughs> about things. Yeah. And the I, I track get, record, right? Their track record is usually right in the past. Cause there were some things that you guys had been talking about for like a year or who, who whatever it was when mm. I first was asking these questions about other things. And you had tend to be, to, tend to be right about these yeah. things because they would pass and they would be like, Oh wow. That, I mean, that yeah. track record is such a good example. I mean, like I think a Tony, like Tony and Ben, right. were telling me like, Hey, we could put a four meg JPEG on the blockchain. <laughs> and they figured that out after the, the Barack incident where, where Barack uh, like broke L and D with that like crazy multi-sig transaction. Cause he, he, that was the first time anybody, as far as I know, had published uh, something on the blockchain uh, past this like 80 old 80 K limit. Um, I might be wrong about that, but as far as I know, and then that's what, when it lit up for them, uh, that, oh, you, there's no, you, the, just the block size. So you could go full, full four bags. So they were started talking about that before did, inscription it, started. Was, was, I thought, I thought, I thought, um, I thought the ordinals and, and the inscriptions, I thought that came like in August, no, that's September, pretty, pretty fresh. So that was after TabConf then the, yeah. the, the inscriptions part. Yeah, I think inscriptions just started happening in the past month or two, right? But did Casey know that he could make inscriptions prior to Barack doing well, that? Well, I'm I'm guessing he did. Okay. Um, I don't know. But it was probably Barack, the first one that actually as far as, put it yeah. to the test? As far as I know, yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Um, and so, that's, you know, that's another example. They're like, you know, Tony and Bam, very, very intelligent. The, it didn't click for them that they could put a four meg JPEG on the blockchain and tell the Barack thing, right? So if you ask them during this taproot activation, like very trustworthy, like, Hey, is, there's no hidden gotchas with taproot, right? You know, um, you know, they might not have brought this up and maybe, or maybe they would have, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah. I think that's interesting of, you know, who, who to trust. I do think that track record and, and being right in the past. I mean, that's why, you know, speaking of trust, like I have so much trust and respect for Matt and Marty. Because of their the, track record, their track record, their consistency yeah. on, on, on a They're ton usually of right things. on a lot of things. Yeah. It's been, it's, it's been crazy. Very good. And, and, uh, very, I mean, I'm, I feel really blessed. Like a lot of people in the Bitcoin space have had like some specific hero who maybe even like was the influencer that orange pilled them, you know, 
And then, then that person went, went shitcoin somehow, you know, somehow that person like kind of betrayed that trust and like, ah, you know, slay your idols. And, and I, I mean, it, that it's good. Obviously you don't want to like overload any one person with, with trust, but, um, I'm so grateful for you know, Matt and Marty, also uh, Michael Goldstein and Pierre Rochard. Yeah. Uh, their consistency from so early on of how they've talked about and understood Bitcoin. And it's like, it's, I love it when people seem like they never have to pivot. And it's like people just, and it's not because they're stubborn. It's just because people end up realizing they were right and pivoting to them. Yeah, dude. It's I really mean, beautiful. It's a, uh... It's, it's hard. It's hard to know. And then there was one of those things where I used to always ask Martin, I was like, what are you guys going to say about this? Like mm. before, like mm-hmm. in the week, like, what do you think about? Like, I would just go to him, just like right. random stuff. And he'd be like, see, like, it was just like, one of those things. Like, I was like, what? So like, you guys are meeting beforehand talking about these things. Like what's going on? I just never knew. Like, yeah. I just didn't know until it was like live. Mm-hmm. Um, every once in a while we, they would talk about, um, some of these things before the show and stuff, but yeah. Cause I think sometimes you just got to wait and see for most of this stuff. Right. Sometimes not making a comment at all is better mm-hmm. than making a comment too soon. What do you think about this whole Noster stuff? Do you think it's, I mean, we were, we were at ABDC the other day mm-hmm. and then there's conversations around like we're at peak Noster, mm-hmm. like as far as like everybody is um, just singing praises about it. Mm-hmm. And that kind of scares me a little bit because it's like, oh, are we at peak Noster where everybody and like, so I need to take a step back because now like it's it, feeling like it's everybody swimming to this one side of the pool. And it's like, wait, hang on a second. Why are we not? What's like, it just makes you question, at least for me. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, that's another like kind of trust heuristic. Like, well, everybody's doing it, right? Yeah. And you you, you probably have a, a well-earned uh, um, skepticism of that trust heuristic. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, sometimes when everybody does something, that doesn't mean it's good yeah. necessarily. This is where I think we are with Nasser right now. It's I'm not saying yeah, it's yeah. bad or good. I'm just saying like, that's kind of what I'm noticing. Now. I mean, I've found it personally very validating. Like it's, it, uh, I really like Nasser. I mean, I, I got into Bitcoin because I was interested in decentralization. Like just the decentralization, decentralization of, of, of all things. And, and this idea that, that, uh, centralized control is actually kind of like a, an inefficiency. Like if you think of what, think of like a, a command structure of like an army and there's like a, like a general up, up the top of the pyramid and he commands like five dudes and they command five, you know, all, all the way down, right. To the, the leaves of the tree you got a million leaves on the tree of individual soldiers, right? If every soldier has to like run something up the chain of command to ask if they're like allowed to take a shit or something like that, right? <laughs> like that's, that's inefficient, you know? And yeah. so uh, corporations obviously deal with this all the time and, you know, trying to uh, uh, make the, the uh, what they do more efficient, but ultimately like their ability to kind of wield a large amount of capital um, and, and to create moats, you know, like you think of like Apple and Google, you know, have these like huge, like, um, or Apple, Apple and Facebook are big ones that stand out to me as far as their like patent moats. Um, you know, it, it, it's, 
it's, it's like illegal uh, to in a lot of industries to just start building something because they just, it's so patent encumbered. Um, and it, it ultimately, you know, we know this in economics, you want individual decision-making because only individuals understand like this, the subjective value in the actual instance when they're, they're judging the trade-offs of like, which cereal do I buy? You know, only in that actual moment. And so if you have a command and control economy like the Soviet Union, this was this was this is an example of like predictions come true. Like there were a lot of economists who thought like, ah, the Soviet Union is going to beat the U.S. because it's centralized. So it's more efficient. Right. Um, but Austrian economists understood that that, that centralization is actually an inefficiency in 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 an economy. So anyways, oh, sorry, a bit of a tangent, but um, so yeah, I was just very interested in decentralization of, of everything. So I got interested in Ethereum, right? Ethereum was yeah. promising to like decentralize all these like social networks and stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, but I just kind of dug in enough and thankfully it was technical enough to uh, understand that it just doesn't scale. It, and it, because it really is too centralized. It, it's, tr you, you're not going to put, uh, uh, f Facebook likes on a blockchain, right? So this just doesn't, the Ethereum has not solved this. Ethereum has not decentralized this. So this just doesn't work. Um, and so, uh, so I got, I got into Bitcoin and, and here I am, but uh, I always wanted to find a good way to de decentralize like social media. Um, I think. You I think Nostra is it? It's the best one so far. Uh, I think it's a lot better than Mastodon. And I think it's, it's almost so simple that it, it's, it might be the simplest possible thing. So I don't know what you could really take away from it and you wouldn't have anything. Right. And if you added something, I don't know what you would add to it. And you might like overcomplicate it or something like that. It's possible that Nostra erred on the side of too, too undefined, too simple. Um, Cause there's all these like different nips now that like, you know, like, yeah, it's really simple to, to get up and running. I mean, I think this is one, one of the beautiful things about it, how attractive it has been to devs to build on it. Right? Yeah. I think that's actually a really good metric for, Hey, this might have legs because you know, something, seeing something that, you know, I, I always have dreams of, of, of getting here with lightning. I don't think we are quite yet where, you know, if you're a full-time dev, you, you do like a, I have just so many of these on my hard drive. So like, I'm, I'm maybe I'm just projecting, but like you have a burst of energy to do a little side project and you've been thinking about this for a couple of weeks mm -hmm. and you, you think of, Oh, I could try that new cool new tech in it. And I, I'm going to do it like this. And, and so you, you start on a Saturday with that burst of energy and you, you maybe get a great little chunk done. Right. And then maybe one other session, like maybe on Sunday or maybe like a weekday night. And then like, that's all you ever do on it. Right. <laughs> so like, what can you do in what is basically like two serious sessions of, of development? Like, what can you build? And you could build an Oster client. You can build an Oster client in that first session. Right. And yeah. I, I want to get there with lightning where that's that, those little side projects 
are are shippable, right? Like it's so easy to to integrate with that that that's shippable. Um, so those side projects are, are because Nasser at, at the base level is so simple. Those side projects are really shippable, and so we see so many like so many different developers that made relays yeah. and clients, and I think that's very exciting. I mean, that reminds me of early Twitter. Because early Twitter had a, a really open API. So there are tons of people making uh, like uh, interesting, different uh, Twitter clients. Interesting. And, I didn't know that. Yeah. And eventually Twitter, for whatever re business reason, They closed their API? Yeah. They really, really closed it down. They ended up acquiring one of the best uh, like mobile app experiences. Um, and they just slowly kind of starved the API. Uh, but this, this API can't be shut off. And so... There's so many different little things that you could build with this. Um, I mean, the the one thing it doesn't solve, I mean, not the one thing. One of the things that stands out to me that doesn't solve is the um, the like media, right? Yeah, that's the thing that so I like, think I miss the most from from Nostr is the the gifts is being able to upload an image or a video. Right, or right. You need some kind of like CDN. So like, if, yeah, if you're gonna make, let's say you wanted to make a YouTube replacement, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Nostra actually gets you a lot of the way there. You know, the post, right? It, the note mm -hmm. is the post of the YouTube video, right? Mm -hmm. And then the replies to the note are the comments below the yeah, YouTube video, and the likes. Yeah, that's all there. But where is that video hosted? And so, like, maybe we like you know start using BitTorrent for that, or I don't know. I don't know what that truly decentralized oh. YouTube looks like, but it's 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 very possible. There was a project, uh, I don't know if you remember this, there's a project maybe about two years ago called BitSwarm and it promised just that. I don't mm. know if you remember that, but it was, yeah, it was during was a- Like P2P kind of torrent type yeah, thing. Yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. And and the beauty of Noster is the, 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 I mean, that total lack of walled garden and that somebody put it really well. Um, it's like, imagine- uh, you imagine there's like f five social networks, right? They each have a million users, right? But they're each siloed, right? If they switch to Noster, they each have 5 million users, right? Yeah. And now what if you, I want to start a new social network. Do you start a siloed one or do you join? You join. Do you join? Uh, and so um, that um, you, it, it it's the you. It's easy to build on, and you get network effects for basically free. It's kind of a wild uh, that's what, world that's, to to live in as that, a builder. That's why it kind of makes more sense for like Facebook and and or at least I mean Meta and uh, Twitter just to adopt it, right? I, did, I mean, I don't know. right? Doesn't it make more sense? Because then they they can swallow everything. I mean, they won't do it. Mm. Yeah, I don't know what I would do if I was CEO of. I mean, I would say right now, if I was CEO of one of these companies, I just wouldn't see it as a threat as at all. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, it's still small. And at the point that it be felt really competitive, um, it's like, what do... Adding compatibility is not that hard. Um, Even if Twitter just had, the, had a relay on Noster uh, and you could connect your Twitter and your, and your Noster account, to the same thing like even just something as simple as that you don't even need to you know full-on implement it but just creating a like a bridge of a sort mm -hmm. or um i don't know yeah. to me it, to me it makes sense i don't I, obviously 
we're, we're kind of extrapolating like what the ifs and the Right. But I think that the, yeah, that long run story is that ultimately whatever protocol it is, if there is a decentralized protocol, this is again, part of the, the kind of my thesis early on of like decentralized wins. It's like, it's, it's harder to build, takes longer to get there, mm-hmm. but what he cannot invent it. Yeah. You can't the put the, the bag, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can't put the genie back in the bottle. Um, like that's how I feel with Bitcoin. It's just, you can't, can't go, you can't rewind time and Bitcoin has, it's not been discovered. You know, it's just, we gotta, we, we need to adapt to the world where this idea is real. So can we talk about mutiny? Is that okay? Oh yeah. What do you want? Yeah. What's up? So tell me, um, tell me about the, um, you guys, you guys have implemented, it's kind of a little small, little Nostra thing. Cause I, I was, I was finding out the other day that I can get uh, notified via mm. Noster yeah. when the wallets come yeah, in that and all that fun. stuff. And then it, it shot over to my DM and stuff like doing something as simple as that. Was that, was that very hard or was that pretty easy to implement? That was pretty easy. We, it was funny. Like we were, we went to Nashville for the, there's like a BDK LDK, like a spiral offsite basically. Um, and so we're building on top of BDK and LDK. So we wanted to be around those guys and that was really great. Um, and, but I, it's, it, whenever I go, I don't know why, I, when I travel, I have this vision, like I'm somehow going to like have these serious times of sitting down and working. But of course you go to a place where there's a bunch of people, <laughs> you just end up talking to people all the time. And so you don't, yeah. so, uh, near, like it was, we were there like all week. And then finally, I, I don't forget. It was like Saturday or something. Like we just locked ourselves in a room upstairs at Bitcoin park and uh, just busted out this, this really? wait list. Oh, nice. So like, yeah, it took, I don't know. We started early afternoon and we ended up having a late dinner. So like, you know, it, it, it wasn't zero time. Um, but yeah, we just kind of busted it out. Um, Do you think y'all implement more Nostra stuff into Muni or will it be very, just only for specific needs at the wallet. I think one thing that's very interesting is, is zaps. Um, and yeah. one thing we'd thought about for a while is, yeah, I think and Noster, <laughs> if Noster works, it's, it's going to, I think it's going to be a kind of big win for kind of the idea of social payments. So, um, if you take zaps right now, you could easily turn those into a fee and shoot. I wish I could, it's like Zap Life or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Zap Life. Pablo made it, I believe. Zap Life. LOL. I think. Um, is that it? That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is like a like a like a, there's a feed of zaps going on, like from who to who. Um, it's also a really good like discovery m- mechanism because you can you can look at uh, the top top notes by total sats or by zap count. Um, so I think this is, this is really cool. Um, and, uh, but I think you could, you, w- another thing you could do is have a more subjective view, kind of like a Venmo. So oh, yeah, you're anybody about, you're yeah. following. So like, I, I, I don't necessarily care that random, what random people are zapping. I care what my friends are zapping. And so seeing what they're zapping, um, I don't know if this could be built with Nostra or some other way. Another thing I'd really like is what, uh, 
being being able to see if other people are doing like value for value, like with podcasts, you know, like in that Spotify, I don't know if it's so funny. Like I don't have, a, I like deleted my Facebook account, but like years and years ago, I linked Facebook with Spotify and Spotify to this day still shows me some friends of mine on, from Facebook on your Spotify on my sidebar. And I see what they're listening to. I only see, I follow you okay, Spotify, and I see whatever you're, whatever you're listening to all the time. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I'll, but uh, I never see the Facebook friends follow, that I used to have. I, ne- I don't even know how to follow you. To <laughs> yeah, it's, it's buried in there, dude. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, so that is a very interesting kind of discovery mechanism. Um, you know, obviously in the Noster context for these notes and stuff, but also for, um, you know, podcasts or videos, you know, whatever people are, are, are sending boosts or, or streaming sats to, I think that'd be fun to see. Um, I think there's also, I don't know if this would be a Noster thing either. Um, and I don't even know if we're going to do it for mutiny, but it's a thing that we've talked about of, um, like social payments, like, like think of like a group chat, um, and like, let's say you're, um, uh, you know, it'd be fun to like st- stream sat- any podcast I've talked to. I don't know. Do you do value for value? Yeah. Yeah. Any podcast I've talked to uh, about it just loves the dopamine hit of getting all these notifications. Uh, so I think ding, you guys ding, are just barely ding. realizing kind of what we've all realized. Podcasters have realized mm-hmm. for a while now mm-hmm. is like, yeah, getting stream sats is pretty freaking it feels awesome. feels so good. But so like, what if yeah. you like, could you, could you could just like, uh, like make it rain on a buddy? Like you're just like, Hey, Hey, I want car to have a good day. I'm going to stream him 10,000 sats. Like, like some of them, like a hundred sats a minute, somebody, please. you know, I'll just, <laughs> I'm going to set it up a hundred sats a minute. And it's just, he, he doesn't know what it's going to stop. And it's like, no way oh it's still gosh. going, you know, that, that kind be, of thing. That'd be awesome. I think, but also just, you know, think of group chats, like, you know, uh, settling up a bill or like, you know, like, um, you know, like being able to like see who's like paid in yet, you know, like I think there's a lot of uh, UI, UX, there's design that can happen around payments integrated with social stuff, uh, which is also really kind of ironic because like, obviously, you know, the, um, uh, you know, the Genesis, a lot of the mutiny stuff was privacy, but uh, right. this is not necessarily private. Uh, Venmo feed is, is famously yeah. kind of a privacy leak, but I, I like the way Tony always puts it. It's like, you know, privacy is about selective disclosure. Um, and within, you know, groups of close friends, I, it's really fun yeah, to, to, see. Look, to, to sling each other some money to settle debts mm-hmm. and um, maybe make some bets with each other. You know, I think that'd be fun. Like, like in, in the context of a group chat, like two people yeah. making a bet against each other and everybody can watch it happen and there's see some, the results. There, there's something to be said about maybe this is where the next, the next generation of Bitcoin wallets are going to, are headed, right? Where they're just more social now. Um, I think it's possible. Right. Well, I mean, you know, it, it's, I, uh, I feel bad for ragging on them because I love what they do, but the Bitcoin design guide, right? Mm-hmm. They're initial Bitcoin wallet example has like a contact list in it. And it's like, well, what, what is backing that? Like, what is the technology under this contact list? Like that, you know, are these, um, yeah, well, bolt 12 is not ready yet. <laughs> you know, yeah. we don't, we don't have a good static payment identifier, um, uh, for, which is, you know, a, a possible, you know, good criticism of the way Noster is doing it is with L and URL, which I think is, is fine. Uh, you know, lightning address. Um, I think, it's good to build on right now. And like, why wait for something magically better? If you know, when, I don't know when we're going to get bolt 12, 
Talk about that. Talk about what we were talking about the other night, though. You, you had mentioned like there's no reason why the NPUBs couldn't receive zaps. Was it you that mentioned that or was somebody else in the audience? Oh, yeah. Do you yeah. remember that? Well, if you think about it, um, like, so what is, what is L and URL, right? It means I, I hit like a, a rest endpoint, like a, like a web, I, I do a web thing, right? Um, and I ask a web server, yeah. Hey, give me an invoice. And then that web server is the thing that has the, the, the secret knowledge that's required to talk to a lightning node, get an invoice from the lightning node and give it back to me. Right. So that's all L and URL is, is it's just sort of a bridge between it, it's a lot easier to talk to a, a, you know, web server from a, a lot of these applications. So let's just use that. Like bolt 12 is trying to do a very similar thing natively on the lightning network. So I, my, Lightning Wallet will send a lightning message, onion message over the lightning network to your node to get the invoice. And that, so that's using that communication uh, method. But so my thought was, well, is there a way to, um, I send you what is ultimately basically a Noster DM asking for that invoice, right? So just use Noster as the transport. So the LNURL is the web transport, Bolt 12 is the, um, lightning transport. What if I use Nostra as the transport to request that invoice? Yeah. So, I mean, that thing, that seems possible. That would make it really social too. Yeah. And, and yeah. And, and ultimately, that could be built inside of a wallet, especially like with contacts or something. Right. So now you, you, if, 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 and again, I, I I'm not speaking for the team, like, yeah, this yeah, is something yeah, we're I know, like I know. discussing, yeah. but if we go down this route, I do think that could be potentially like a really nice way to have a contact list. And, you know, be able to like, you know, push you payments. Um, Dude, like, that'd be sick. Cause I like, want to make it rain because, cause think about it. Like, right. We're all going out to eat or something like that. We're mm. all in a group in a contact list for dinner tonight. Yeah. And then we just settle in our wallets yeah. and then it does, it's not even a question of us even asking you know, to like, Hey, can you know how we do it now? It's like, Oh, Hey, can you send me this? Yeah. This, yeah. This. Like what one, all doing one monkey has to generate all these different yeah. invoices and show Instead it to each like, friend at a time. Yeah. Like, and somebody goes like, Oh, I don't want to do it. I'd, I'd rather pay fee. And yeah, but yeah. this way we're just like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. On the yeah, wallet. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. You put it, you put it in the group chat, right? Mm -hmm. Like here's the total bill. Everybody pay your fair share. And then it will just like, it just names and shames the <laughs> asshole that doesn't pay yeah, Exactly. And everybody we can just, give him shit. Exactly. That's exactly what we, we should do. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. You're, yeah. Yeah. You're right. I, so I think this that would be way. a beautiful experience. Oh um, man. And yeah. So um, and we have a lot to build, but I, I sure hope we get to something like yeah, that. Yeah, man. I'm excited. Um, let's, let's talk about um, voltage real quick. Cause I, I know that you guys released the, uh, the flow two. Yeah. Flow 2.0. So, uh, we were talking about SNL, like what, what I know there's a lot of things that had to happen to get there, but for somebody, for some, somebody like a pub, just, just trying to set up their first node on voltage, trying to do a BTC pay server, all those things. Does this make it easier for them to get liquidity? Yes and no. Okay. It's, uh, it's sad that so far it's, it, um, right now we're kind of targeting and thinking about just because it was the easiest thing to ship first when we wanted to ship something, um, is the, the integrator, right? So, so you could imagine you are a pleb, right? And you download a wallet and you generate an invoice. And when somebody pays that invoice under the hood, uh, that wallet maker that we, we call like an integrator is kind of the term we, we use for that person. Um, has wired that up to this voltage flow 2.0 service. 
And, and so they get this wrapped invoice for voltage. And when that invoice is paid, and that's what your wallet displays. When the invoice is paid, voltage opens a zero comp channel straight to your wallet, right? So now you as a pleb, right, without understanding it or, or thinking a lot about it, uh, have a self-sovereign, and this is what we're going to use for mutiny. Uh, you have a self-sovereign lightning wallet node uh, that has liquidity. All, all you know, it, it got inbound liquidity from from Voltage, and also the payment went through. So you have all those sats immediately available for you to spend, right? So if you think of it from that perspective, it became dramatically easier for you to get liquidity. Um, and one of the things we want to do, but have not done yet is like wire this up for like our BTC pay server customers, yeah. right? So you should be able to show up on Voltage. You'll need to create a node, which is just a button click and you have to choose yeah. a name and create a BTC pay server and, and associate those two. Um, but you don't have to worry about managing liquidity. Um, if we, it, once we light this up for BTC pay server users, the reason why the answer is, is mostly no is because to actually use this service there's some things you need you for core if you have a core lightning node you need to run a plugin which is not that really not that hard a lot of core lightning users are more technical anyways and used to running plugins um but if you have an lnd node which is most what voltage is um or and it's also mostly what have people have like an umbrella or whatever you need to run this like separate program that helps because it uh zero comp channels are it's not safe um that's <laughs> a trust back to the trust um it's uh <laughs> You can't uh, just accept zero column channels from any random person on the network, which we mostly, most of our nodes are set up so that they do accept random channel opens. Uh, but you can't do that with zero conf because you're trusting that person until the channel does confirm, right? So it's a zero conf, or a, a, what? The, there's a term that people don't like zero conf use for, for but it's basically it's a, you know, it that transaction that opens that channel is in the mempool, uh, but it's not, it's not in a block, right? So you're trusting until it is in a block that, that they're not going to double spend that or you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, so, so you can only accept zero comp channels from, from nodes you trust. So you need to kind of run the software to help LND know to trust the voltage node that opens these channels to you. And so that's just, it's a technical burden that is not that hard, but if you're talking about like, what is the easiest way to get liquidity to even know it's just probably having to run that software just is enough of a, a, a UX burden that well, I don't really, I'm not really recommending it yet for that kind of use case. Yeah. But, was, but hopefully if it's just a button where you turn it on yeah, and it just works, which I hope we, we get to, I, I think it's going to be amazing because then all you have to do is create a node and you get an invoice from that node. And when that invoice is paid, you have liquidity. Right. And you never, and especially for the merchant in use case where you mostly want the inbound. Yeah. You just need inbound. That's it's just that's, that's like Topher set ours up today on voltage or not today. I mean this week. And then uh, we were setting up the BTC pay server. And then that the whole question of liquidity came in, mm -hmm. but it, yeah, it, like it'd be much easier. just not having to worry about the inbound Yeah, and not so much the outbound, but just the inbound is the, the biggest kind of, because if you think about it, like there's tons of like small to medium sized businesses that just need inbound mm -hmm. to to accept Bitcoin payments, and we're still, you know, yeah. So I I think we're really close there. Yeah. Um, if it's helpful for people, it's very similar to the how Phoenix and Breeze work, right? That uh, they do the exact same, like opening a zero comp channel to you 
just in time to, to make a lightning payment go through. Uh, the cool thing that we're doing here is that it's available to basically anybody's node. Um, so we've kind of made everybody's node a Breeze or Phoenix wallet if if you can kind of overcome the technical hurdle. And hopefully we'll make that a lot easier. And so just everybody's node, if they want it, can be can work like a Breeze or Phoenix. Yeah. And that's also coming back to like the, you know, trust is a scaling solution, right? Like it, like even with companies like oh, Voltage, yeah. right? Like I have a certain amount of trust for Voltage because of the people that work there mm-hmm. and the, the track record and the proof of work and the, you know, the commitment that they made to the community. Mm-hmm. And so I feel comfortable, you know, hosting a node there, you know, but, but others would be like, nope, you got to do your own node. You got to do your own thing kind of thing like that. But it kind of just goes back to what you were talking about. It's just oh, it's yeah. a scaling solution. Yeah. And, and I've taken that very seriously. I mean, it, it, yeah, you could think of it, you know, voltage works to minimize. And I think this is actually another good heuristic for when someone is trustworthy. Are they working to minimize the surface area? Uh, you know, so voltage, uh, you do trust voltage when you use it. Uh, voltage works to minimize how much you need to, to trust voltage. Um, so you are putting yourself at risk that voltage is malicious. Um, but you know, th- this is even just like a total, uh, a, a well-known practice in like engineering. It's, um, uh, the idea of you want to give people the, um, oh shoot. Now I can't think of the term, something like the least, the least information principle or something that's not the right, the right term, but you basically, you don't want, uh, uh, uh I've got a pile of social security numbers, right? I don't share that with everybody on my team. Like if that's mission critical to my company to have a pile of social security numbers, all, uh, the absolute minimum people should have access to that with the, the most constraints around it. So, so anyways, that's just a way to be, to be trustworthy, to be a good steward of, of trust that's put in you. Um, and so yeah, Voltage has a trust aspect. And it has by by people choosing to trust Voltage, they um, it, uh, more people have been able to run nodes that might not have run them otherwise. Um, I think there's always this trend in Bitcoin where we try to make the cypherpunk solution as easy as possible and as powerful as possible. Um, I think actually one of the bigger advantages with with Voltage is not necessarily that the idea of um, that um, you can't run your own node because you know, you know there's like node in a box solutions. Like there's a lot of software that makes it relatively easy to spin up a node. It's more about like the accessibility and uptime of that node. Like you know, my power <laughs> in Austin, yeah. my power goes out all the time. Especially I don't want to put I don't want to put my like home you know uh, like uh, network on the internet just so that like it, payments can go through to it. Um, even though that is there are people who do that and there are ways to do that relatively securely. Um, but yeah, but for an enterprise use case, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and enterprises are kind of used to being in these kind of relatively trusted solutions, you know, trusted, um, yeah, trusted solutions. Yeah. And, and as, as far as like businesses too, they just need a, a, a just a reliable partner. Like, like you said, mm. it, that, that makes a, that makes a big difference. And even to, to the part when it, you're going through those steps, it literally tells you like when you're setting up BTC pay server, it's like, don't write this town. Mm. We don't do this specific feature of, you know, of it because of, of the, the trust that's required. Mm. Um, 
So like those bolden words when you're getting all this stuff set up is like really, it was a really nice touch yeah. that, I, that I thought. It's funny. Like I, I, um, I, I, somebody asked me at Bitcoin park a while back uh, to give like a, a, a explanation of voltage. And I just, I, I, um, I don't know why I just ended up kind of like basically doing all the caveats, <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh, here are all the things here. Are all, here are all the ways we could screw you over, you know, <laughs> but like there's, I, I, I've just become more and more convinced that, that, that that's just a very important part of trust is being really upfront with the, the risk. Yeah. Like not, it, it, not trying to hide the risk because, because yeah, I mean, I mean, and there's also, um, um, and this is a terrible uh, way to, to, to go here because I'm not trying to imply anything about voltage, but there's also the aspect of mistakes um, with mm -hmm. trust. Right. So there's betrayal where I'm just an asshole and I just took your $20 cause I'm an asshole. <laughs> and then there's like, I forgot to pay you back. Uh -huh. Right. And, um, and it's interesting. There's like actual like trust literature about, and I, uh, about the introduction of mistakes into, because there's all these like game theoretical ways to like model trust and stuff. Um, and if you, and so like you, you basically like one, one game you could play is like you, you, like we have some way of, um, like we both win if we're both good, right? If you're bad and I'm good, you win more, right? Kind of like prisoner's dilemma stuff. Um, if we're both bad, we, we both lose, right? Um, so there's ways where you can start out a game like that. And these are like simple kind of thought experiments that like scientists come up with. I don't know how valuable they are, but they're interesting to think about. Um, you start a game like that where I just all, I'll trust you as long as you stay trustworthy. Right. And so we go back and forth and I trust you. I trust you. So we're just winning, win, 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 win. And all of a sudden you push the red button and you screw me over. Right. And so I lost that one. You won more on that round, right? So what should I do next? Should I always hit the red button now and always not trust you, right? Forever. Or should I have some sort of grace where I like, let me think that was a mistake for now. And like, try again, like keep going and see if you will, you know, recover um, or not. Um, so anyways, that's an interesting thing to think about, but it's, it's important to, and I, I think this is why I have, um, so just, just, just so much less than zero trust and respect in our government because there, I mean, think of all of the wild conspiracies that have been uncovered about like, just take the CIA for instance, you know, Oh Lord, <laughs> have they ever apologized? Um, I have a, I, one of my uh, um, pieces in the, 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 the collection of essays is, is about Edward Snowden, where I just found this because I was just looking around for trust. You know, people are writing about trust. And this guy was at the time of the Snowden revelations, he kind of outlined, here's what would be need to be done to rebuild trust. Right. Oh, did he really? There uh, was somebody that did sent that to the government? Yeah, it was just a, somebody on the internet and just oh, wrote okay. a blog post, but it seemed relatively, I forget exactly who it was, but it seemed relatively well-respected and, and known in this space. Um, you know, here's what they would need to do to rebuild trust. They'd need to 
you know, say exactly how much information they're gathering from the American people, say that they're not going to do it again, show how they're going to safeguard not doing it again. You know, like, you know, you need transparent, you need an apology. You need some transparency. You know, here are the things that you need to do through your trust. And none of that has ever happened. Snowden is still uh, like um, a enemy of the state. <laughs> like can't come back to the country that he was yeah. a heroic whistleblower in. And so, so that, that idea, you know, there's so many, it's one thing to make a mistake and the government is human is composed of humans. Of course, it's going to make mistakes, but to not be able to recognize, apologize, adjust for mistakes is, is a pattern that my entire life that I've seen in, especially in our federal government. And it's just totally unconscionable. It's just, it's not, it's not a human way to act. It's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a best just uh, a bureaucracy, but like it's basically a monster. I don't know. I I, I take I take more of a, a like a like a measured approach to like this kind of this sort of talk. I, I think um, I think I, I'm probably I don't speak on this subject very much. I don't think I've ever have just on Thriller, um, but I I do. You know, we do in private and stuff, and that's always good. But it, I think for me, I, I really, I really want to believe maybe it's just me and this goes back to trust, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I really want to believe there's patriots uh, amongst our government that are mm -hmm. looking out for the best interests of America. Like I want to believe that there's patriots there. Mm -hmm. I think there are patriots there. I think that, I, I would agree with that. I, I, yeah. I would think there's patriots there that actually think they are doing the right thing with the information that they have mm -hmm. in, in front of them. Um, I do think there are some bad actors inside that mm -hmm. are probably, um, you know, uh, you know, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, a balance, right? Like a, like a back and forth where, you know, this side hits and then this other side hits back. And then it's just like, it's like a cat and mouse game. And I think that's, I think if I had to, if I had to guess just from a subjective um, point of view, I would say that's probably happening inside our government where you have like these patriots and then you have these other people that are just like going back and forth. And I think I, that's, I think, guess the thing that's what, I mean, that's all yeah, yeah, hypothetical yeah. And, and, and not really with anything, but I would just say that's, that's just kind of how I always saw it. But what I would like to see is the good guys hit back once in a while. Then if that were the case, um, I'm not saying that there aren't some, some good people there that, you know, for whatever reasons can't speak out or can't, they, they're trying to make a difference or whatever. Um, but we've seen just, just in the past decade, just a million times that the government did something obviously corrupt and nobody got punished for it. And you know, that, uh, if, 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 if no, if you're in an organization like that and you aren't uh, publicly speaking out or resigning, and maybe there's a lot of people who have like resigned and we should never hear about them or something like that. Um, and I understand that that's, you know, somewhat of a, you know, threat to your life and family to speak out against something like that. So I can understand the motivation there, but at the same time, um, if you're talking about patriotism, you know, or you're not willing to, to, to risk your life and liberty, um, then that, it's not patriotism anymore. You're just at a company, you know, <laughs> like that's fine, whatever. But, uh, uh, so yeah, I just, I, I think there's been just too many examples in my lifetime. And I think it is possible to even regain a kind of level of trust in, in the government. It would I just, think so, dude. I, would, I really, I do. I, this might sound really crazy. I mean, mm -hmm. but I really do think in, at least in our lifetime, we'll, we'll see America swing back the other way where it, it'll be, be awesome. it'll be a, it'll be a, Oh, uh, another beacon like it was, you know, um, long ago. And I, I think I, it's going to take time to get there and it's going to, you know, 
a lot of people have to be removed, but I think we're already kind of seeing it. It's already kind of trending, man. Like Bitcoin is kind of infecting everybody at this mm-hmm. point. It's a, it's the orange pill effect, right? And we're kind of seeing it again with Nostra and this world is becoming more decentralized. People are are becoming more aware. It's the age of Aquarius, right? <laughs> if you're, if you're well, into that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think it's so, I, I, I um, maybe I should have like led with some of this. Like, I, I definitely don't want people to think I'm like, trust, trust Maxi. <laughs> where it's like, <laughs> I'm so bullish on things that allow us to, you know, like I, I wrote a piece a, a long time back. I don't know how long ago it was. I think it was when Trump got banned from Twitter or whatever. Um, and I, I kind of really thought about it and it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't feel right to call this like an affront to free speech. Like this is a company that chose not to platform this guy anymore. And I don't really buy this whole publisher platform distinction. Like I've, I've made websites, right. Mm-hmm. And you make a website and you're a publisher, but you add a little bit more code so that there's user generation content. Now you're a platform and like, what, whatever you're choosing to run these servers, you're writing the code, you're choosing what goes on. And obviously Facebook and Twitter have very much chosen what they think is acceptable on their platforms. Um, and we obviously see this with money too. You know, institutions have a list of unacceptable things, you know, like, like uh, marijuana or selling guns that they like, you know what, we're just going to unbank these. We don't think these are acceptable on our platform. And there is something just so miraculously freeing about it. it, 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 It's, it's way less fun when it's like, Hey, here's another bank and we like guns and marijuana, you know, or here's a alternative social platform. And we like it when you, when you, when you, when you say MAGA or something, whatever it is, you know, that is way less interesting than like, Hey, what if we obsoleted that? (laughs) (laughs) Like what if we invented a thing that couldn't be stopped, um, which, you know, is also scary in some sense, you know, um, but it, you know, it's a, it's a, I mean, like, all, it's funny, like all, you have all these different choices uh, for, for um, social platforms, right. You know, and they allow you to say different things, uh, but they all run on the internet. You know, the internet is already a protocol like this. You know, there is possible to, in some ways, deplatform people. There's like the great firewall China and stuff like that. But uh, the internet is already a very agnostic protocol that has been just hugely beneficial for society and also hugely detrimental for society. But uh, you know what? You can't uninvent it. It's, it's yeah. you, we're, we live in an internet time now. And so now we're going to live in a Bitcoin time and it's, it's, it's going to be great and horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's, I can't wait to see like more of the AI stuff, like the chat GBT stuff gets implemented into some of this stuff. Like that's yeah. going to be really fascinating because like already right now people can use that to code or people can use that to build things and, or even write or like whatever. Like uh, I, I just, I keep seeing more and more of like different ways chat GBT can be used in all sorts of situations, oh. dude. Absolutely. I was showing it to my normie friend yeah. and they literally could not believe it. They're like, they're like car. I'm going to use this for emails every morning. And I'm like, do it. <laughs> to like write and, emails. Yeah. Cause like it, like they literally have to send emails every morning. I saw this really funny one where it was like, it's like, um, like, um, you type the prompt, please give me job. Right. And then it outputs, um, a beautiful email. It's like, dear sir, or madame attached is my resume. It would be 
the greatest honor if you would consider me for the, you know, it's like all this flowery language for a job application. Right. And then the, the recipient pumps that into an AI and the output is please give me a job. <laughs> so like, we're definitely, I, I, I think it's really beautiful and it's really, uh, I, I really hope, I think it can actually really democratize um, like the building of a lot of things. I, I, if you think of it's already, in a weird way, um, and I think that it's it's probably actually probably a very helpful illustration. Writing a good prompt and getting a beautiful image, right, does not make you a painter, right? Right. And there are so many valuable things that you're only really capable of doing, and especially in the terms of innovating, um, and 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 I, the, you know whatever you want to say philosophically about like true art or whatever, you know, um, that you can only do by actually being a painter yourself. Um, but it's not nothing that you got this really interesting image of your specific prompt, right? It's not nothing. And there's something there. There's, you got an a, a art like artifact out of it. And so I think, you know, I think about it a lot in terms of code. And one, one thing I really hope for, is a kind of a democratization of, of um, making small tools. Like AI is, at least at the stage it's at right now, is not capable of, of making an entire system very well. Um, but it's pretty good at making like a tiny little utility. So like I think of, like actually, I actually use this for Trusted Scaling Solution. I had all, yeah. all my posts um, in one format and I needed to, I needed to, um, I wanted to merge all of them so that I can edit them as just one text document. Um, and so I needed to make some changes to each individual post, just like the metadata that I was using there, like markdown files and stuff like that. So I asked, chat gpt to help me write the script to to do and it did really yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, i don't think it did it perfectly I, i'm sure i edited that a little bit but yeah it helped me write a script that made these you know one script to merge all of them and like remove some metadata and then another script to like take the big mega article and split it out again because i was like having because i was you know one of the things i was trying to do is like reorder them and uh, so each each post has a number on it so i'd have to like if i changed the number of one in the middle or added what a post to the middle i'd have to change the number and all you know just dumb little but like how many menial tasks can you think of that you've done like well like oh shoot i have got a bunch of files and i need to make this one change or i've got a bunch of slides that I need to make this one thing so i can imagine us uh, starting to write like little tools and become like more tool makers ourselves. Um, and I, that's very, I, that's my ultimate goal is like, I, I think you could almost make an operating system around this. Of, of you, and without, you, that's all it does is like for you? Is that you, it, it's, it's designed to take, to pump outputs out of like the applications you're using, like your web browser or your music mm. or whatever it is. It's designed to pump those into these little mini apps that you find on the internet or you craft yourself or combine yourself. Um, and then now you've got new outputs. So like, there's just, uh, I really like the idea of more democratized, more uh, improvisational computing. Yeah. It's kind of like the movie, her. 
where it, you start you start asking a question and then it it and then it just starts talking back to you and then before you know it 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 like already has your emails lined up for you for the day. Dude, it's a fascinating. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie where it's been a while for you, but like dude, it's a fascinating movie. Like yeah, uh, so so you you ask I don't I I don't remember this part of the movie. But but yeah, you ask her like when when he start when Joaquin Phoenix starts up her for the first time, mm-hmm. he like asks what her name is and she just randomly picks one. She's like, so wait, you were going to randomly pick a name. She's like, yeah, well based on this, whatever, whatever, oh. what I know about you, this is the name that I chose. And then the, he starts laughing. He goes like, well, how do you know? Or, and then she starts recognizing that he laughed to that. So she, she ups her snarkiness uh, and it just starts realizing in real time what it's actually. Yeah. Cause it's trying to culminate this personality yeah. around what your behaviors are and like what you think are funny. There's um there, the, the MIT media lab in the nineties um, where some of the first people to do like wearable computing. And there was a concept then called effective computing, a effective with an a like effective, like, uh, and, and it, it's about responding to you like emotionally. I, one of the coolest examples was somebody would wear something that would like let him know if he's becoming stressed, uh, be like an early warning of that stress is building. So like you can imagine someone with like an ink or management problem being like kind of like warned off, you know, I think that was really interesting. And uh, the thing I wrote about this for the verge way back when, and um, is so sad at that time that we, I don't want to put a Google device on my head it tells oh, yeah. Google yeah. every time I'm stressed, you know, yeah. like the, the, there's a lot of beautiful things that I think we could use computers for if we could trust them. If, if, and I think to trust them, you, you can't just, you can't, there's certain things that are sensitive enough that you can't just pump everything. You can't, you can't pump like a, like a continual feed of a camera in your bathroom to Google Right. And Google says, Hey, we promise we won't look at you naked. Right. Like yeah. that's just, there's, there's no getting over this hump. Like that, that, that's just not a total non-starter. Um, and, and maybe you never want to dev- design a device. That has a yeah. camera. Actually, that's a, a terrible example. Please <laughs> don't put a camera in your bathroom. But, um, um, but I think there are kinds of this personalized computing that could be possible were the data to truly stay local. Like this is a device that I trust that the data is local to this device. Um, there's also this what, personal area and network was a concept that they had in the wearable. So this is not a, a network that's meant to go wide. It's meant among the devices that are on your body. Um, and they're just communicating with each other about you for your benefit, right? Not for Google's benefit, not for Facebook. It's not to so that someone can give you ads. It's just because you want to know something better about yourself or something or be a more effective, more personalized OS. Yeah, it it definitely feels like that's probably where it's headed. It's interesting. You're able to you're saying like, yeah, you could have Chrome and then Chrome could be reading your your Gmails. And then and then you could also say, hey, respond for me on all of them. (laughs) Like, take care of it. Yeah. (laughs) And then it it like and then maybe there's another Chrome or or maybe it's like a I don't know, uh, you know, Photoshop. Right. And you have to get certain, you know, things done. And it's like create those things that I've been working on all week, finish them for me. I trust mm. that you'll know the style that I'm going after. And then it just spits them all out for you. Mm. And then like, okay, now post them to social media for me. And like you already know how I write. So mm. just like, it just starts being your AI assistant on the, it, it, th- that could bear that, that, that future is very close, man. Like it yeah. feels very, I mean, maybe not the operating system part, but like these right. microservices or whatever you're going to call this OS thing, it, 
It's close. We're yeah. about, we're pretty close. If somebody yeah. does this. Anything that feels like rote work, anything that you could easily imagine some, if you knew a developer, like I could have easily written that script um, without help of AI. Right. Uh, so it took me a little longer. So anything that you could imagine, like, Hey, if I could convince my coding buddy to write an app for me right now, he could probably bust this out real quick. I just don't know how to code and I'd feel bad asking somebody to help me automate this part of my life. But anything like that, um, because, you know, AI is very much about, um, it's, it's, it's creating something that looks like something else, right? So anything, any script that's kind of a lot like something that already exists, how many scripts have been written in, the, in history that are designed for going through emails and yeah. sorting them or whatever? So if it looks like something else, then that's probably pretty doable by, by an AI. I don't know if finishing your designs is very doable by AI, but here is a bunch of different social media sites I have to log into and then post to. Like That seems like it, a totally. It, it totally seems like it could be a thing. And then guess what that does though, Paul? Like It gets people back in front of each other like we are today, mm. talking to each other because we're no longer having to work on these things and every, now it's more collaborative and now mm. it becomes an even more human um, way of living. I think I, I, I call me crazy, but I think, I, I think so. AI actually makes, it gets rid of a lot of the menial tasks that we would be otherwise be spending right. doing when we can actually be actually closer to one another and talking to one another. We, we're not like, we're not all working like on Sunday night to get something mm. done or, or Saturday evening, we're all, but we're spending time with each other because AI is doing it for us. I don't know. There's something. Uh, yeah, I hope so. I mean, they, think of how much better our computers have gotten and how much more effective they've gotten at doing so many different things. And I don't think any of those things has ever like felt like they reduced the time I spent on a computer. But I think about that. Like, I mean, it's just kind of an obvious thought for anybody in technology is like, am I building technology to serve technology so that we have more technologies so that the technology is better so that we can make more technology. You know, but, it's but, like, am I just part of like a, a dumb circle? I should just like quit and like become a farmer or can I make something that is truly make somebody's lot, like actually improve someone's life. So on that metrics you're saying so that somebody can actually have, you know, either you know, more abundance um, and so, you know, more of a buffer, more, more free time, uh, more peace of mind, um, you know, that, those sorts of things, things that truly improve people's lives. And I, I think that's, I think, rare. I think they're going to be people that are going to be building towards that future. I mean, mm -hmm. call me crazy. I, you know, I, I can't be the only one thinking like this. Like there has to be other people that are thinking this way about AI and all these other things. Um, I think what you're doing with mutiny is very much part of that. We're talking about the social aspect, possibly mm -hmm. being in, you know, th like those things make our lives easier and just makes, uh, it makes it fun. <laughs> it makes us yeah. have an enjoyable time around technology and, and what we're doing to get back to your scaling solution. Cause I, I know it's already getting pretty late here, but um, do you trust your computer? Like how much do you trust your computer? It, it's, it's a thing that we never really talk about, but the computer probably knows more about you. I don't know. Maybe your phone does, but it's like, it's interesting though. Like, uh, I mean, that's one of the things, you know, I am, uh, pretty like, don't trust verify is just too simple of a statement because there's just like, like, let's say, let's say I, um, took, took some source code and I printed it out. 
for an, a source code for an operating system. Took some source code for an operating system, printed it out, read it line by line, type, retyped it into like a fresh, empty machine that has never had anything but the most minimal software on it and uh, compiled it myself and then put that on a, a brand new piece of hardware. There's still just like, like a million more things that I haven't verified about that system. Um, you know, the, on the chips, you know, uh, and so like I, I, but I do, I actually actively trust my computer. Um, it's one of those things where I, it only to a certain extent, you know, I mean, that's obviously one of the reasons, you know, people have, have hardware wallets, for instance, you know, I don't trust my, uh, like, like I wouldn't put my 24 words on a computer, right? I don't trust my computer that much. Um, but I trust it enough. Uh, and so I try to, it's all about like trying to minimize like the, um, the ways in which it can harm me. So like trying to minimize <laughs> how much I put in there. Um, and that, you know, that's obviously like, you know, I mentioned I quit Facebook a while, but that's just, that was one of those ones where I can, Hey, I can get away with out using this. So just try to try to minimize my attack surface. Let me get rid of Facebook. Um, I, uh, there's definitely people I know in the Bitcoin space that have done a lot more work on this to go much further. Um, for instance, I think a really great thing is like Graphene OS for the phone. Um, again, it's not perfect, but it, it's, it's the furthest we've got as far as a, a mobile operating system that's functional, but also um, with a, a, a real mind of security, privacy, especially security is their big emphasis. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's tough. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I don't, I don't know, man. Like I, yeah. I, but I use my computers. That means I trust it enough to do the things I use on my computer. And, uh, and I have to kind of also kind of come to terms with, I mean, I don't know if you feel like this. I felt like this for, I don't know how long it's mm -hmm. like anything that is on my computer. I assume Someone could probably yeah. be seeing it right now. So like like anything I, I write down, any link I click, you know, whatever I do, I hope that it's not the case, but it's very possible that there's a guy in the NSA checking it over, you know. Um, hopefully he's a patriot. Hopefully he's a patriot. <laughs> <laughs>